homies? Welcome back to Outkick Bets with me, your host, Jeff Clark. Hopefully you guys aren't too full or too broke from betting on Thanksgiving Day football. Uh, my esteemed colleague and guest, Dan Z, gave out some winners yesterday. I broke even. Um, so if you guys followed our advice, you should have made a little bit of money. Hopefully you did. Can you recap your, your Thanksgiving bet slip? Yeah, so I went two and one. Uh, it was quite an interesting day, actually. We had uh, we had the under in the Lions Bills game, which that game should have gone under based on the way it trended. There was we were texting about it. There was crazy red zone efficiency early, and then some late some late shenanigans. But we hit that one. Then there was the depending which side you were on, either the bad beat of all bad beats or the back door of all back doors, which was we had the Giants plus ten. That game. It really should not have ended up being close because the Giants were up six at half, and there was like a weird stretch in the middle there where the Giants gave up a touchdown on third and goal. But you're a Giants fan. That third and goal from the 15 touchdown was just like how you single cover Dalton Schultz there. No help in the end. Like, how are you not playing zone defense with six defenders in the end zone? Like, anything short of the end zone doesn't help them. So I, that made no sense. Well, Wink Martindale, our defensive coordinator, likes to blitz, and we had several injured cornerbacks. So maybe I don't remember exactly the defense we ran, but maybe it was like one of those things where we got to simulate pressure because if we give this guy his own look, he's going to pick us apart. But there's nowhere to go. I mean, I, I hear there's you. only I'm so just, much zone to defend. I'm just trying to I, – I don't agree with it, especially how it looked, but I'm just giving you an argument or a case as to why it could have happened. Even if you send five, you've got six defenders who should all essentially be guarding the six zones in the end zone. But fine, anyway. Hey, and then you know of what? course, honestly, as a Giants fan, I don't, I don't, I don't feel strong with how how we're trending right now. So yeah, I uh, wouldn't either. Yeah. And then there was the play. The very next drive, the Giants go for it in their own territory on fourth and one. They send ten guys out on the field, which is it was almost I, I enough. Like it, should, it should be getting more. Press. Like you want to talk about bad coaching on the play of the game for your team. You send 10 players out on offense, still almost pick it up, which is the wild part, but 10 players on offense is inexcusable. And then of course the Cowboys score again. It looks like we're dead. And then the Giants score a touchdown with eight seconds left after Brett Maher missed a field goal that almost certainly would have locked the spread up for us because if the Giants there had gone down by three scores, you got to think they're just going to run the clock out. You're not going to score three times. But since they only needed two scores, once Maher missed the kick, the Giants did their part. They went down the field. They got us a garbage touchdown that helped you hit the over because it was going to be an under. Mm-hmm. And it helped me hit the plus 10. And then I got absolutely trounced in the night game where I had the under. And that was basically dead two possessions in. Can I jump in real quick? Going back to the last game, I whiffed on my first bet that I gave out. I went under Lions. I think I took it under 21 and a half on the podcast. I ended up betting it under at under 22 and a half. Uh, the closing line that I got there lost uh, was uh, the, the, the line that I gave on the podcast was a loser almost regardless. You can argue I got a little unlucky to uh, lose the closing line of 22 and a half. The game was tied, I think, right? Was it? No, no, no. The issue was that the Lions were up three. The Bills scored a touchdown, and the extra point would have made it a four-point game where the field goal would have been useless for Detroit. So they would have had to score a touchdown. But, of course, the Bills missed the extra point. That makes it a three-point game. The Lions ended up. 
Lions had 22 points at that point. That made it 25-22. So the Lions then kicked the field goal to tie where if they had been down by four like they should have been, they would have gone for it. Most likely get stopped and they lose 25-22. I got I to be honest, though, I disagree with your assessment where you were on the right side. Um, I felt like I was on the wrong side, to be honest. Like the 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 what's his face Badgley, the Lions kicker, missed a twenty nine yarder and one of the funniest jinxes ever. Uh, Josh Allen. Now it's becoming a trend, but I still don't think it's something you can rely on through a red zone interception. So those are ten points you would think, or at least six points missing there, and what, what you went under by a point and a half. Um, so I think you got a little lucky. I think I, I think we're both on the wrong side, and like I just lost it. it sucked how it happened <laughs> it really pissed me off but if i'm being honest you know like now that i'm sober it's friday it was it was, I, I was the wrong side it was a possessions thing though like i was saying like yeah but the they, game they both got so many first downs they combined for 50 first downs the defenses for I, neither team showed up and jared golf played his ass off he, he he did he played well so but i'm sorry finish your point no that's it two and one <laughs> we are well, what we did are you what did you miss in though because you hit your first two what's the one that you missed uh the under the under in the night game ah. like i said that one was that one was dead from jump street i mean both teams scored touchdowns in the first six minutes of the game and i texted you like it wasn't even reverse psychology i was just like yeah this game's not going under yeah it was, the analysis was wrong my analysis was wrong as well in that game, but I ended up hitting the Vikings minus two and a half. I really loved Dalvin Cook to go over 72 and a half rushing yards in that game, and I really liked Mac Jones to put up a stinker. Neither one of those uh, happened, but um, I, I I backed Kirk Cousins in prime time. Buyer beware on that. He played his ass off as well, uh, um, and, and, and the Vikings end up winning, I think, 33-26, something like that. So... I went two and two. Dan went two and one. Um, I'm going to give out my the rest of my circa million picks for week 12. I submitted a little early because I love the Vikings so much. It was my second best bet of the week. So I'm starting off one and oh. But before we handicap the slate, let me shout out a couple of sponsors of the podcast DraftKings Sportsbook and Points Bet Sportsbook, both of which offer promotional bonuses. DraftKings offers two promotional bonuses, and Points Bet also offers two risk-free bets of up to $2,000. All three of their promos are available at outkick.com backslash bet. So visit outkick.com backslash bet to get a promo bon- promo code or a promo bonus, excuse me, for DraftKings and points bet sportsbooks. Also, we have awesome betting tools, including odds finders, player prop finders and future finders the most important thing in sports betting is finding the best price and we help you do that so check those tools out at the top of outkick.com backslash betting where you can read all of my stuff and some of dan's stuff dan's been doing some awesome handicaps he's been on fire in the nfl so he uh is posting stuff weekly damn near daily now so check that out and use theirs uh, sports betting tools at outkick.com backslash betting. Also, final promo from from me. I uh, got to shout out the new sponsor of this podcast, Prize Picks. Um, the, all first time users uh, of Prize Picks can use promo code OUTKICK1 and receive a 100% deposit match of up to $100. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will match it with $100 uh, in promo bonus. Entries on Prize Picks can be made in seconds. They offer safe and fast. 
fast and safe withdrawals. Excuse me. Um, sign up today. Use our promo code OUTKICK1. I'm actually up nine units on the prize picks promo posts that I've given out or that I've done this month, Dan. I'm not a player props guy usually, and I'm not a daily fantasy sports guy. Prize picks blends both of them. So check out my prize picks uh, pick, uh, prize picks post, excuse me, that I published earlier today. I like Terry McLaurin over 16 and a half rushing yards. I like Aaron Jones over excuse me, McLaurin's over 16 and a half receiving yards. I like over Aaron Jones, 57 and a half rushing yards and under Josh Jacobs, 83 and a half rushing yards. Check that out and check out prize picks. I should have just stuck with my prize picks pick yesterday where when we were talking about the Thanksgiving games, because I told you, I thought, you know, people were overrating this idea that Belichick was going to just do everything he can to stop Justin Jefferson, which is fine, but Justin Jefferson's still Justin Jefferson. And I said that his receiving prop was absolutely in play, and the dude just went for nine, a buck thirty-nine, and a tutter. So, should have just bet that instead of the stupid under. Dude, I really liked your analysis on that, and it kind of made me rethink my Dalvin Cook stuff, just because I, I think Bill Belichick really respects and likes Dalvin Cook, and I think there's a chance, kind of like you're saying, he might just. He might take Dalvin Cook out and be like, you know what, Kirk Cousins, you hit Justin Jefferson, who's going to be guarded by our best cover corner. We'll see. We'll see if that can win. And he and honestly, it. they tried to take Jefferson away. Like he had three catches that were just insane. It's yeah. like it doesn't matter. You could you can't defend that. It's just it's indefensible. And Cousins made some good throws. Like he knows. Like yeah. you can say what you want about Kirk Cousins. He's not the best guy, but like he gives dude like. He's had 2,000-yard receivers on the same team like five times in his career because he, when he identifies that he's got a dude, he just gives that dude the ball. Like, give him a chance. Give J.J. a chance to go make a play. Uh, that was a Sunday or uh, an NBC game, and so they had Jason Garrett and Tony Dungy filling in for Chris Collinsworth, which kind of sucks. But Jason Garrett made a good point, and he's like, Kirk Cousins is ripping it tonight. And, and he was. He was confidently stepping up and throwing some good balls. Jason Garrett gives – here's the problem with Jason Garrett. Really good analysis. Horrible delivery. He sounds like the biggest – like he's got this just like boring That's his boy. life in a nutshell. Like he just has no person – like the analysis is solid. The dude's been a coach for a long time. He knows the game clearly, and like you said, like he said a lot of things where I was like, "Oh, it's a good point," but it just like <laughs> literally, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm He's gonna got admit a punchable this, face. <laughs> I didn't even know who I didn't know who it was at first. I was like, "Oh, who's calling?" I said to my, I'm not even joking. This is a direct quote for me. Like after Garrett said the first thing he said, I was like, "Who the hell is this dork calling Sunday Night Football?" <laughs> no, but that's pretty much his profile in a nutshell. Like he was an awesome locker room guy, backup quarterback. Like his players loved him. He sucks at coaching. <laughs> like it's, I don't, I, I don't know. I can't. No one can really explain it. Just some people have it, and some people don't. I guess what I think everyone hates about Jason Garrett is he, he's kind of failed up, right? He's not a very good broadcaster, and he's on NBC, and he wasn't a very good coach, and he held a Dallas Cowboys job for I don't know how long. Uh, people are clamoring for that guy to be fired for years. Um, uh, let's see. I'll tell you right now. I'm right on his thing. He was the head coach from 2011 to 2019. Eight years. Yeah. Yeah, and that was... Jerry Jones, like, kind of shed his reputation of being someone who, like, will fire coaches or is, like, a quick well, trigger. Well, he just loved... 
he loved Jason Garrett. I mean, Jason Garrett played for him for six years. He was the offensive coordinator and an assistant head coach before he was the head coach. So, like, he was on that staff for 12 years. So I think that was just sort of a, a relationship thing. Yeah, and also, like, I think Jerry Jones's first thing when he when he um, bought the Dallas Cowboys is fire Tom Landry. So, like, he had that reputation. It's going to take 30 years to kind of uh, wash that off, so... Uh, all right, well, let's get into the handicapping here. Give you guys some picks, hopefully some winners. We'll start with the Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers. Perhaps the sexiest matchup of Week 12. You Did you find two bets in this game, you psychopath? I did, and I actually – so for OutKick, I, I do the watchability rankings where I basically put every game into tiers under how – much or not much i want to watch them and this is by the bottom of the game of the, the slate you didn't, you didn't even put it in the in the article i have a tier called if this game even shows up on my tv i'm punting it off my back deck and you that's should, literally where this game is going you should call it the world cup game oh come on was that was that late or come on bad come on good come on what don't no, no, let's not start the world cup stuff dude i love i'm so jealous of where you are publicly right now and being an anti-soccer guy. Because <laughs> I hate I, soccer. I've been killing him for years. It's so funny, too, because I actually like the World Cup. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Like, I, oh, I post, I, post, I post one article about the, 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 the T-shirt that the U.S. coach is wearing. They put it on foxnews.com. Like, two million people read it. I'm getting, like, crushed on Twitter. But I've got people like reaching out to me who I haven't heard from in years that are like, dude, you work for Fox? I didn't even know that. I saw your article. I'm like, oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Did you get death threats? No, no one cares. It's a shame. <sighs> Damn it. Most people that are coming that at me. much more jealous. <laughs> Damn it. Most people, that are, most people that are coming at me are like, like, well, here's the thing. Soccer fans, you have to remember, soccer fans, U.S. soccer fans, fancy themselves as intellectuals. So oh, this is not... This is not the death threat crowd. This is the like, I'm going to make a snarky comment to show you that I'm smarter than you crowd. Yeah. So I've been getting a lot of that, like a lot of snarky sass of like, I'm sorry that this shirt bothered you so much. Perhaps you should spend your time doing other things or like, I don't know. It's like a weird group of people. A lot of professors. I've noticed that. Like, I've clicked on a few of my hate messages, and I click on them, and it's like, they're a professor. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes so much sense. Of course you fancy yourself a soccer fan. Several of my best friends in the world love soccer, and I just troll them openly all the time about it. I'm certainly going to do it to strangers on Twitter, and I, I would I would love hate messages. I, I, I need to be stronger about this, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the World I, Cup is the World Cup is cool. Like, I'm not going to watch yeah. Premier League soccer. Like, you no, know what I mean? It's, no. it's not for me. I mean, this is, you know, teams are playing for their country, which is cool. It happens once every four years, which is cool. And honestly, someone asked me, like, why are you watching soccer? I'm like, dude, it's on at 8 a.m. That's what fair. else am I going to what the hell else am I going to watch? At eight? I get I got sports that I can watch and bet on at 8, 11 and 2. That's perfect. Yeah. Um and today we're recording Friday is the big England versus America match, which is something I'm going to watch, of course, because if we win, it would be the funniest shit ever. It would be hilarious. I, I hope you do God's work on Twitter. If we win today, Dan, I hope you, you do. Better, 
He better have a better shirt on. <laughs> Dude, All right, let's get into this. Let's get into this. All right. I have so much more soccer to bash. All right, yeah. No. Bro- Broncos, but, Panthers. What, what do you I got, got here? shit to do today. Uh, all right. I have two bets in this game, believe it or not. Uh, I'm taking Denver minus one. I, I, There's like this weird Sam Darnold bump. Like, oh, the Panthers are going to their third quarterback. Maybe they'll be a little bit better. And people remember fondly that Darnold had a good start to last season, which is true. In the first three games, the Panthers went 3-0. and Darnold threw for almost 900 yards, threw only one pick. His passer rating was almost 100. But that was all with Christian McCaffrey. And McCaffrey got hurt and missed the next five games. The Panthers went 1-4. and Darnold completed 56% of his passes for, again, 900 yards, about the same amount he had in the first three games, threw seven interceptions and had a passer rating of 62. So this idea that Darnold's going to come in and be like a savior is it's borderline insane, actually. And remember that Carolina tried to trade Darnold after he got beaten out by Baker Mayfield and literally no other team in the league even wanted him. Now he's facing the Denver defense, which is second in the NFL in EPA per play. And despite... Denver being pretty bad overall, they're actually a full tier ahead of Carolina in EPA per play metrics. Their defense is obviously much better, but their offense has actually been better than Carolina's too. Carolina has a bottom four offense with the Colts, Rams, and Texans. And their defense is actually slightly above average, which is why the total for this game sits at 36. By the way, this will be just the sixth game with a total of 36 or lower since the start of the 2018 season. And four of those five went under, by the way. The only thing that's keeping me off the under here is the high probability for these QBs, specifically Darnold, to make some big mistakes that turn into easy points. Um, I think it's possible both of these defenses could even score in this game. I, I like the under. I lean the under. But that that nervousness about big mistakes, big sacks, big fumbles, big interceptions uh, keeps me just off the under. And my other bet in this game, despite the fact that I just gave you all this reason, all these reasons why Carolina's offense is going to be terrible, I like DJ Moore over his receiving prop. It's only 46 and a half yards. I think it's really deflated by the fact that Moore has been terrible this year, but that's mostly because of Baker Mayfield, who nearly ruined Odell Beckham's career by not throwing him the football. So the fact of the matter is, when Darnold starts, he throws the ball to DJ Moore. In games where Darnold and DJ Moore, where Darnold has started and DJ Moore has been on the field, Moore's averaging 10 targets. He's never had fewer than seven targets in a game with Darnold. He averages six catches and 71 yards. There have been 12 games where these two have played together. Moore has gone over 46 and a half yards in nine of the 12. Um, I, it's Again, it's possible that Denver like tries to stop DJ Moore because he's really the only player that Carolina has at this point. But I think Denver's going to win the game, as I mentioned. So I think Carolina is going to have to throw at some point. 46 and a half yards is not a lot of yards for a guy who is really, really good. And like I said, Darnold looks for him. Um, even though I'm not on the under for this, the sake of this podcast, I did place the same game parlay on uh, DraftKings because I got a bonus and I'm on the Broncos money line under 36 and a half points and DJ Moore over his receiving prop. I'm not advocating you take it, but I love parlays because, you know, I like to chase that dragon and win big. What's the payout on that parlay? Uh, I believe it was plus 550 and then I had like a 25% profit boost. So like maybe like plus 700, something like that. Oh. Good luck, bro. Thanks. And that's pretty much all that I have to add to that analysis. I agree with your uh, first take where this is the worst game on the schedule. So, I, yeah, 
I think you handled that well. Good job. Uh, I'll go Thanks. to my first best bet of the card um, or of my circa million entry, which is actually it's much of a as much of a fade against the Philadelphia Eagles as it is a, a, a bet on the Green Bay Packers. But I'm going to take the Packers. Right now in DraftKings, they're plus six and a half. I'll take them plus six and a half, I guess, officially um, on Sunday Night Football when they visit the Philadelphia Eagles. I took them at plus seven in the contest. And I'm just, I have to give it a pick here. So I'll go six and a half now. But truth be told, I'm going to wait until literally like right before kickoff because I don't really care which way this number goes. Um, I'm just hoping that it gets to plus seven or even higher. Um, maybe people are chasing favorites on the way out on the Sunday night get out game. But uh, hopefully the Packers get up to seven or seven and a half. And that's where I can play it pre kickoff. But I'm, I still like it at six and a half. I like it down to five and a half. Again, Philly struggles to put together uh, full games. They are bottom. They're in the bottom quarter of the league and second half points per game. They're three, six and one against the spread in the second half of games this year. Um, I, their, their, their issue is that they cannot stop the run. Um, they have a bottom three run defense by EPA per play and success rate and green Bay can run the ball. And if they can run the ball, Aaron Rodgers uh, can, can, can find some, some wide receivers and can hit Randall Cobb and or Christian Watson, who he's kind of building some chemistry with. Uh, so I do like Aaron Jones, the running back of the Green Bay Packers, to have a bounce back game. Again, I took him over 57 and a half rushing yards in my prize pick. Uh, three pack or three power play play. Um, and I, Green Bay's defense is a little banged up, but they do have two good cornerbacks that they can at least throw on A.J. Brown and, and Devonta Smith. Um, and, and again... I just think it's too many points to give Aaron Rodgers in prime time versus a Philadelphia team that cannot run the ball. And I, I'm, I'm a believer that Philadelphia is a bit of a fraud. Um, I, they're obviously going to win double-digit games here this season, probably going to win the NFC East or could win the NFC East. But with Jalen Hurts and their inability to stop the run, I ultimately don't think they get in the conference finals even. So conference championship game excuse me so i'm my first best bets the packers plus seven uh do you have anything to say uh the only analysis i disagree with was the pointing out about the eagles second half because they had that crazy stat where they just never trailed in the second half so of course they're getting beat by on the spread in the second half because they're playing defense and they haven't really needed to do anything in the second half at least up until last week and they did uh, when they trailed at halftime against the Colts, they ended up outscoring the Colts 14 to six in the second half. So that's the only like part where I go like, well, yeah, but that needs, it, it's not wrong, but it needs some context. I guess. But like, also if you're taking seven points, you're going to want a team that for whatever the reason lets its foot off the gas in the second half. And if shit, if the, the Eagles go into the second half up, double digits then it's like hey the back door is still open because of their second half um uh ats record but i i hear you i hear you um let's go to the monday night football game actually where you like something i'm not sure but it's the pittsburgh steelers versus indianapolis colts what are you what are you looking at here 
Yeah, so I, I this game I spent a lot of time on because I, I, I looked at the line and I was like, man, I, it's jumping out to me is I, is I need to do something here. And I was trying to figure out the best way to play it. And I ultimately ended up going Steelers under their team total. And the reason for that is the Colts have a top 10 defense in the NFL, according to EPA per play, which many people probably don't realize. The Steelers have faced five top 10 defenses this season, and they've averaged 14 points in those games. Um, they did go over 18 and a half twice against the Bucks and against the Jets, but 20 points is the most they've scored in any game against a top 10 defense. Um, the Colts have faced three very similar offenses to the Steelers in the past seven games. They held the Broncos to nine points. They held the Commanders to 17 points, and they held the Patriots to 26 points. Now, you're probably saying they held the Patriots to 26 points. That's a lot of points. Like, well, that's true, but again, back to context. The Patriots blocked a punt, recovered on the Colts' two-yard line, and scored from two yards out, and then later Sam Ellinger threw a pick six for a touchdown. The defense actually didn't give up a touchdown in the game. I mean, yeah, they did give up a touchdown from the two-yard line, but you know, realistically speaking, and that was the special team's fault, and the other one was Ellinger's fault. So they held all three of those teams, the defense did, to basically 17 points or less. They also held the Eagles last week to 17 points, and Philly's obviously way better than Pittsburgh. Um Losing Shaq Leonard for the season hurts, but he's only played three games this season, and the defense has played well without him, especially against the Eagles last week. And we've got a rookie QB, Kenny Pickett, on the road in prime time. Um, I think that's going to be a big problem for him. He hasn't been very good this season, and uh, that's the way I decided to play it. I looked at the under, but I think it's possible the Colts could score some points in this game. Uh, I looked at the Colts just as, as a spread bet, but just not ready to – not ready to bank on Matt Ryan on Monday night either. Like all those things were leans for me. And I decided that the best way to play it was the Steelers total. All right. I heard a, uh, a fascinating trend that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers have been terrible in nighttime games over the past two years, which is kind of surprising to me because I bet them plus the points against the Miami Dolphins earlier this year and that, that cash. But otherwise they, I guess they've against sucked. Against the spreader straight up. Against against the spread does he answer to either question? Uh, I took the points with the Steelers at the Miami Dolphins, and they're terrible against the spread. I think, you know what's what's interesting to me, and I, I actually have never thought about this before, but there's always you know the Kirk Cousins in prime time, this guy in prime time. Like, look how much worse he is in prime time. We make a big deal out of that, but you do realize that like most prime time games, you're playing a good team because otherwise it wouldn't be a prime time game. So I think that that gets overlooked a lot of times when you're when we have these discussions of like, look how bad he is in prime time. Like, well, yeah, I, I mean, the Chiefs get to play in prime time a lot. The Bengals get to play in prime time a lot. The Forty yeah, ers play in prime time a lot. It's the same difference. Like if you're saying Kirk Cousins batting in prime time or he's bad against good teams, I mean, what's you know? Well, you're going to be worse against better competition. That's just the way it works. Sure. Um... I guess for the Kirk Cousins perspective, from his perspective, he's just fallen flat in his face epically a few times, and that maybe that skews everyone's thinking. Um, I don't know. Kirk Cousins is on my good side right now. I, have no, I don't have anything bad to say about him. So, uh, as much as it's fun to, to shit on him, where were we? Well, I think coaching has really hurt Kirk Cousins throughout his career, and I think uh, I said this this year that I said this was a. I've been a Kirk Cousins fan for a long time, and I said this was a very, very important year for Kirk Cousins because he finally has a coach who's going to embrace some modern coaching tactics, which they have, and he's going to open up the offense, which they have, and they've let Kirk throw the ball, like last night, for example. 
Yeah, I hear you. I like Kevin O'Connell. I think he's done a good job so far. I really like his demeanor. I always like Mike Zimmer, though. He was phenomenal against the spread. Great defensive coach. And I thought what I think a point that was made on the Sunday Night Football telecast about New England revamping its offense post-Tom Brady and Bill Belichick being like, it's Tom Brady's offense. That, to me, applies to every quarterback making $30 million plus a year in our franchise quarterback. Like, Kirk Cousins spent, what, four years in Mike Zimmer's offense? It's no longer Mike Zimmer's offense. It's your offense, dude. And for whatever reason, what Kevin O'Connell is doing this year is working, and he's he's a better fit than than Mike Zimmer and is doing a much better job. I can't argue that, but I do hold some of the Mike Zimmer struggles down the end, uh, down the stretch there against Kirk Cousins. So that's where we disagree, but... Again, this dude's on my good side right now, so I'm not trying to even be mean. Um, I don't know how we got to Kirk Cousins, but I'm on the Steelers under 18 and a half. <laughs> I'm not total. sure how we got there. I guess the the, the primetime prime thing time. is just like, prime time. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but like you've seen a lot more better games at a Matt Ryan in primetime than Kenny Pickett. So, you know, you could say that, right? I, I think this Colts defense is pretty sick. And, you know, if Pickett's going to have really a bad good. game, it's going to be it's going to be against them. So I like your under look. I would play the Colts uh, laying the points instead of that, but I don't hate what you're going with, and I don't even have a play in the game, so we can move on. Um, my was this third best bet of the circuit contest is I'm going to lay four and a half the Commanders um, hosting the Atlanta Falcons right now in DraftKings. It's minus four, so there's a better number out there. Uh, that sucks. I'm not getting closing line value here on this one, but, and, and the commanders are definitely the public play here because they've looked good recently and they look good under new, but old starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke. I think they're five and one. I saw a tweet that said they're five and one since Ron Rivera answered that question of what's wrong with Washington with the simple quarterback. (laughs) Like, like, uh, yeah, Ron, you were right. Apparently, good, call, good call on that one, Ron. Um, but I mean, the the Washington Commanders have been playing their asses off under under Heineke, and Heineke lit up Atlanta's defense last year when they won. Uh, when Washington beat the Falcons in Atlanta, I think they beat them thirty four forty or thirty four thirty. Excuse me. Uh, Heineke went 23 of 33, had 290 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. In that game, Washington's defense locked up Atlanta's rushing attack. They only had 28 carries for 99 yards. Corderall Patterson played in that game. Obviously, that was Matt Ryan, who's far less mobile than Marcus Mariota. But um, Washington's rush defense is, is no joke. It's one of the best in the NFL. And if you can take away Atlanta's ground game, even though Mariota add something to it can he really beat you through the air i i don't i don't believe so um i i guess the commanders are a bit of the square side here but i'm i'm buying stock into them i like ron rivera as a coach i think heineke i mean i don't even think he's clearly the better quarterback for this this team and um chase young is coming back eventually uh could be this game and I think he's a generational pass rusher, honestly, and I don't like. I'm not sneezing at his return. That is a huge. That is a huge um, upgrade for that defense, and 
their one weakness, the defensive line, is sometimes they don't get to the pat the, the the quarterback as much as they should. Well, we'll Ch- Chase Young is going to help that for sure. So hopefully we get him back, or hopefully the Commanders get him back this week. But either way, I, I like the Commanders. I, I guess minus four and a half in the contest, but I'm giving out minus four right now. So that's what I got here. Uh, any thoughts on that one? I really wish Taylor Heineke was more talented. Yeah, so does Taylor Heineke. He can afford more Jordans. I love his Jordan addiction. Dude, I have a homie that has, I think, 1,500 Air Jordans. He buys. I, think that's the, I literally think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, all the guy does is golf, play basketball, and... and buy sneakers. Buy sneakers. He's... he's nasty this dude this dude could ball uh but yeah it's like his like the only thing he spends money on is golf and basketball sneakers like that, that's it i don't know he has a pretty good job I, too but hey i agree with ha- agree with half of that <laughs> I, the sneaker thing i just don't understand yeah uh it's but pretty cool I, but well i will say this about heineke though like he's one of those guys like it's clear his teammates fucking love him you just yeah. see it you could see it on the field they run to pick him up like he's a guy who again He's got all those intangibles, but he's just he's just not that talented. But you know what? Sometimes a little bit more in the column A of of being a guy who rallies the troops and guys can get behind can can take you a little ways. I think Carson Wentz is the opposite. Uh, he's been on three teams in his short career. He's a top pick, but I don't. I've never gotten the sense that teammates liked him or that he was a good dude or. Like he's more talented than Heineke, although granted, not by that much, which is kind of sad, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like Taylor Heineke a lot as a person, as a football player. I just, I really wish he was just like better at football because I think he would, he's got everything you want, you know, on the inside. He just can't make it all happen on the outside. Yeah. Um, well, one of my prize picks um, that I gave out was over Terry McLaurin's 60 and a half receiving yards. I don't know why Carson Wentz it didn't throw to him more, but Taylor Heineke loves McLaurin. He gets him involved. McLaurin lit up Atlanta's secondary last year. He had two touchdown catches. I think the game-winning touchdown catch in the final minute had 120 yards. I'm like, he caught six of 13 targets. But like, if he's gonna get targeted that much, especially against the secondary, this Atlanta secondary, which is a little banged up and, and pretty really bad. Um, I, I just, I guess the, the bottom line is I, I like the commanders to win by margin here, mostly because Heineke is the fit for this team and Atlanta's defense is terrible. And that's it. Ready to move on. Yep. Cool. All right. Let's talk about the uh, uh, rematch. Of, I think last year's NFC divisional round matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals. They are AFC AFC. I said NFC. He did. My bad. AFC. AFC's one seed last year, Tennessee Titans, hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, what's your look in this game? I'm taking the Bengals. Um, I haven't done a ton woo-woo. of... What? I, woo-woo-woo. I don't know what that is. I'm just... I don't know. I was just trying to like hype up your pick there. With. You know, like sometimes like background singers in hip hop, they'll they'll throw in something. That's kind of what I was doing there. Well, why don't you just shout "We the Best" or whatever on God, something like that, straight up. Um, I don't have a ton of analysis here, mostly because we were taping at twelve thirty and I ran out of time. But my, it's really simple, it's actually. Candid of you. I, 
I I go heavy on this. Like it, it's been working for me all season. You wonder why like things have been working. I've been following EPA per play as like my number one metric. Uh, ben Baldwin is a genius when it comes to this stuff. He puts out a graphic every week and puts the NFL teams into tiers based on EPA per play, offense, and defense. There are three elite teams in the NFL right now. The Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Bills. The Bengals are just on the cusp of that. They're like, at where the tier line breaks, they are like just on the other side of the Bills. And so they're basically one notch away from being an elite team. The Titans, on the other hand, are just a notch away from being in the group with the Commanders, Jets, Cardinals, Saints, Packers, Raiders, like just that giant group of mediocre teams. They are like right on the edge. So these teams are pretty far separated. Like the Bengals are quite a bit better than the Titans. Their defenses are fairly similar, but the the Bengals average uh, almost an entire tenth of a point per play more than the Titans do. And I'm getting this line under a field goal on the road at Tennessee. Doesn't bother me at all. The Bengals have already shown they can win in Tennessee with the playoffs, you know, with, with advancing in the playoffs on the line. Uh, Jamar Chase should be back this week, which is just a huge boost to Cincinnati. I had Cincinnati before this season as returning to the AFC championship game. I still think they will. I I don't know if this line is just deflated because Tennessee has a good record, but they're just they're just not as good a team as Cincinnati, and you're getting it under a field goal. So that's it's it's pretty simple, but that's pretty much it. I do EPA tiers for my own handicapping as well. I just don't publicly put them out. I also don't have like as good of like artwork and as graphics as, as Ben Baldwin. But I just sent you my little sheet. Um, I actually have Cincinnati. I I mean I. I more or less just copy and paste from runningbackstonematter.com. But Cincinnati is uh, fourth in EPA per play differential and second in success rate differential. And I think they haven't put together enough like crazy performances. And they also laid that egg on Monday Night Football, which still has me scarred. But I think it also has like the betting market and like the public little confused, but to your point, I'm kind of talking around it at this point, but like Cincinnati is a top five team in the NFL, in my opinion. Like I'm with you there. And Tennessee is 14th in EPA differential. They are 10th in success rate differential. Very good team who is benefited by elite coaching. And I actually, I'm, I'm, it's a pretty much square analysis, but I'm doing a teaser here with this and my next uh, Circa Millions pick, which is the Jets. Um, the Jets got up to minus six, but I'm going to tease the Titans up to plus eight and a half. It's plus two and a half on DraftKings. Um, because Cincinnati's offense, I don't know if they're going to get Jamar Chase back. Joe Mixon's in concussion protocol. And those are two of Joe Burrow's biggest weapons and Tennessee's defense is Joe Mixon stinks. I think it helps them that that Joe Mixon's out. (sighs) P Ryan was awesome last week. Joe Mixon is one of the most inefficient running backs in the NFL. The, in fact, all of his numbers come from volume because the Bengals continue to use him, even though he actually it's, there's enough of a, a data point to show that Joe Mixon stinks. That's, that's fine. Whatever. I don't 
Like, I don't think Cincinnati is going to have success running the ball against Tennessee's defense. Maybe Joe Burrow. Maybe they'll throw it every play, like I finally have been screaming about. Yeah, you, throw you, it every play. You think that's good? Because they hit him. They sacked him nine times last year. And if he and if, they won. won the yeah, game. because the Cincinnati's defense. And I think Cincinnati's defense is awesome. And they could probably show up this game. But, like, if you're going to lay eight and a half on the road in an obvious revenge spot, which is what I'm teasing it up to against a defense, which is probably top five in the NFL with a coach that's probably top 10. I mean, he's almost definitely top 10 in the NFL. Like I'm okay losing. Like if, if Cincinnati wins by nine or more points, I'm okay losing that bet to be honest. Like I think it's a, a plus EV advantage teaser. Would you lay like if you would you give me so the teaser leg would be minus two eighty. I've already heard a sports betting podcast do this. If I bet you one forty to win fifty on that on that teaser leg, would you take that bet? Yeah, I'm not gonna do it, but okay, just wondering. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Uh, we, we so you would take that bet. You you we would, we would digitally shake hands on that. This is a you know what? No, I just backed up already, so that's why you're saying absolutely so confidently. I've already this is a exp- sucker play for you. A sucker play. You're you're tripping. All right, whatever. I, I I do think Cincinnati is the sharp side, at least according to the betting splits. Let me let me let me confirm that though. I'm on Visa and looking at DraftKings betting splits, and yes, the Bengals are getting more money, but the Titans are getting more tickets. So. Titans are the square side. Public dog. Yeah. Bengals. We, we know how public dogs do. Not good. Public dogs get slaughtered. No, that's a good point. I, I just, and I, and I did say it was square. I just, it's bottom. It's as simple as I don't think they can win by eight and a half in Tennessee. Again, revenge spot with Mike Vrabel. And like, okay, Joe Mixon's not very good. Jamar Chase is, right? You're not concerned about that? He'll be fine. Okay, um, so I am going to tease the Titans up to eight and a half, and I'm going to add that into my next pick here, which is the, the New York Jets. Now, again, the contest lines lock when Circa releases them, which uh, was Wednesday morning uh, because of the Thanksgiving games. Um, so I took the Jets minus four and a half. It's up to minus six after news that the Jets are benching Zach Wilson for Mike Michael White, and I also think there's some line movement here because Justin Fields probably isn't going to play this game. He's got something going on with his shoulder. I think torn ligaments in his throwing shoulder. He separated his left shoulder, and oh, he also left. had some. He also has some AC joint issues. It's bad. His left shoulder is a mess, but he doesn't throw with his left shoulder, so that's kind of where yeah. we're at. Fair enough. Um, he shouldn't play in this game, is no. what. But he might. He might. I'm usually I'm I'm someone who doesn't like doesn't like to say he shouldn't play because or people shouldn't play because these guys get paid good money. This is what they do professionally and like why but not the go out there are, and play? The Bears are three and eight and they I, need him to be like they're not going anywhere this year. So you, you do have to play the long game. They think Justin Fields is their quarterback of the future. I don't, so I would send his ass out there, but they do. So I think also when you because you always throw that out there like oh these guys are making millions of dollars like yeah well someone's paying them that money and you got to protect your investment that's the other side of that coin 
I think this is one of the few situations where that thinking is is right. I, I'm with you there. I don't think they should play him, and I and I think there's a very good chance they don't play him. But if they and if they don't, either Nathan Peterman or Trevor Simeon starts. Obviously, like if Nathan Peterman's out there, I'll put my I'll put a rent check on the goddamn New York Jets here. Um, it'll be it'll be Simeon, but yeah, the Jets' defense is actually really, really good, really good. Yeah, I mean, they played to win last week against New England. The, the only New England touchdown was that walk-off special teams touchdown. Their run defense is nasty. They have two elite cornerbacks they can just put on islands against this weak Chicago wide receiver core. So they can really stack uh, stack the box and, and defend the run. I, Chicago's run game is sick, but Justin Fields' health is compromised. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that sick in this game. Chicago is... I feel like I've said this a number of times about about all the teams that I'm handicapping against, but their their defense is terrible. I mean, it's like a bottom five unit in the NFL. They traded away their best player, Roquan Smith, and no, not even bottom five. Like they're starting to get into Lions territory for the worst. Yeah, um, like their their defense can't stop anyone at all. And yet, this is like one of those. This is like the opposite of an immovable force. No, wait, unstoppable force meets an immovable object. This is like a super stoppable force, the Jets offense meeting a super movable object, the Bears defense to see like which one is going to win out. Yeah. Mike White or the like can if you can't stop Mike White in the Jets offense, like you real it's really gut check time for your defense. Like does the does the Bears defense just like get pissed off and be like, are they switching because they know this is like a soft landing spot for Mike White? Yeah. I think there's something to do with that, right? And it'd be like, I think I think the team after Zach Wilson responded the way he did in those post game press conferences are are done with this this dude, and they want to make Mike White look as good as possible. So it's easier just to explain, like, hey, we're going with the hot hand, we're going with this. Dude. Well, I, I saw a few people point this out, and it's true. Like, look at the defenses that the Jets have played the last four weeks, Denver. New England twice yeah. and Buffalo. Those are the top three defense in the NFL. They've played them four times in the last three weeks. Or I'm sorry, four times in the last four weeks. And Zach Wilson's like, man, finally I get to play the Bears. Like I got to, and they're like, nah, dude, you're sitting. So when Mike White goes out and balls out and throws for like 270 and a couple touchdowns, and they're like, oh, look, Mike White is the guy. Like Wilson's going to be like, you got to be shitting me, right? I fucking had to right. go against the Patriots, the Broncos, and the Bills. You give this dude the Bears, and all of a sudden he's good. Yeah, but you also like it's on this guy to learn how to be a professional. And like every single quarterback in the NFL either should or will be like, yeah, it's my fault we lost. It's my fault. Uh, I own that. Is and he that, didn't. Here's the question. Here's the question. Jets are six and four. They are very much still alive for a playoff spot. You're Zach Wilson. You want the team to lose this weekend? I don't even know how to answer that. If you're Zach, uh, yeah, probably, right? I mean, you do, every, right? Like everyone you're, has you're, that you're, feeling. You're but. kind of rooting for the team to lose. I mean, best case scenario is your team wins because your defense gets like two pick sixes and Mike White throws like four picks, but the defense stops them. Like that's that's the ultimate scenario. But since that's really unlikely to happen, yeah. 
the ultimate scenario is like if the Bears go into halftime up ten nothing and Mike White's done nothing, they're like you know what, our bad Zach Wilson. Let's see what's up. And he comes back and, and That's he pulls. You're right. That is the best case scenario. And he comes back and like pulls out a win. And like Pittsburgh's defense actually been pretty good this year. They've they've progressed after last year's stinker. And granted, there's a lot of defense involved here, but the Jets put up 40 against the Steelers. So, like, to your point, it's like if they play a weaker defense than they have with the last four weeks, like the Jets' offense can have success. And that's why it's like you brought up Mike White and Zach Wilson. That's not even my handicap. I don't even care who they start, to be honest. Like, it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. I think the Jets are going to win by margin regardless. But because I'm giving this out, Late, or I got the better. I get the better contest number. I'm, the way I'm going to play is I'm going to just tease the Jets down to zero and the Titans up to eight and a half, and that would be like my official outkick bets uh, play for Week Twelve concerning the Jets. It's, it's just so hard to make a play on this game because you don't know with Justin Fields. Like I just, I, I can't comfortably. I looked at this game too because I felt the same way you did. My initial thought was I like the Jets here, but. There's just too much uncertainty. I kind of like the under. It's so low, but it's like, what would you? What, I don't know. What would you play know. this Actually, game if Justin? If you knew Justin Fields was going to play, what do you think the line should be? And what would you? How would you bet it? I, I can't really answer that because even if because I it's it's an irrelevant scenario because it's also a situation where Justin Fields might start one decent hit and he's like they're going to be watching him one decent hit to that shoulder, he's coming out. So it's just a risky play either way. I mean, the Jets are certainly – I wouldn't play the Bears at all because I just – without with Trevor Simeon or Nathan Biederman, I'm not a big Justin Fields fan, but, like, he's definitely better than those two guys. And this team already stinks. Their defense stinks. I don't know. It's just a hard – it's a hard game to handicap because there's so much in the air, up in the air. I don't think any Bears quarterback for the last thirty years would be able to throw against this Jets defense with this with this Bears offense. I, that's what I think. I don't really care who they start, to be honest. But but the but the issue is like Justin Field. The upside of Justin Fields has nothing to do with his arm. It's everything to do with the fact that the guy has like three fifty yard touchdown runs this year. That adds an element that very few teams have. Thus, we don't know what the Jets defense would look like against Justin Fields because there's only one Justin Fields. I mean, they got beat by Baltimore. Like that's about the closest you could get, but that was back in Week One, so it's kind of. And they, and they a did a really ago. good job defending them. Lamar Jackson didn't run the ball that well that game, and he well, he, he actually really didn't even want to. Well, yeah, they it, they went with like a muted offensive game plan, and it was just like, "Hey, we'll go drive for drive with Joe Flacco and see what happens." Yeah, I mean they they dominated that game. They were never they never trailed, so it's hard to it's hard to know. What, what it would be like in a dogfight where Fields was fully functional. Actually, that's my next best bet is the Ravens, which was your first outkick best bet, outkick bets best bet. Remember, you you took the Ravens over the Jets. Wait, do you have another play here on your card, or can we just wrap this no, up with mine? We're good. Okay. Uh, but I, I do find it interesting you're going with the other game I'm staying away from for injury concerns because Lamar's not practicing now. He practiced today or yesterday if they practiced on Thanksgiving. Well, nobody practiced did. yesterday. It was all I like, think they did. It was all guessing whether or not people practiced, wasn't it? I don't know. Either way, I I think this is a, good, a great number for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm laying it's now three and a half. 
apparently it's just the square side. It opened at four and a half. It's down to three and a half on DraftKings. It is my last pick in the contest, my last team in. I got it at minus four. Um, but I just think it's a great spot for Baltimore. They're 19 and nine against the spread with a 4.6 plus 4.6 ATS differential in November games and on since 2019, Lamar Jackson's first year as a starter. They're six and three against the spread with a plus 6.4 ATS differential as home favorites of four or less. And I'm a little confused how this line is as cheap as it is. Baltimore was three. 13-point favorites in Carolina against the Panthers last week, and now they're just minus four against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's not nine points better than Carolina. They're not. Um, I think we're getting a great number because Baltimore only beat Carolina 13-3, to didn't cover, and people are a little salty about that, but Carolina has three wins. Jacksonville has three wins. Carolina's five and six against the spread. Jacksonville's three and seven against the spread. Um, I think there's some points here because of the bye week Jacksonville's coming off of what do you how much is that worth? Two, three, okay. I don't know. Jacksonville has pretty much no home field advantage. They're one of the few NFL teams that have had a blackout in recent memory because they didn't get enough home fans to show up. Jacksonville has the worst run blocking mismatch of week twelve. Baltimore's got a six secondary, one of the best linebackers in the game, Roquan Smith. And if they could take away Jacksonville's run game, I don't believe Trevor Lawrence could beat or cover against uh, the Ravens here with just his arm. So I'm on Ravens. It, it is square. It is my final best bet of the, the circuit contest, but that's where I'm at. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, this is a tough one because as we've said before, the analytics love Jacksonville. EPA loves Jacksonville. Um, according to the EPA tiers, Baltimore and Jacksonville are basically the same team. Baltimore is slightly, like, I mean, percentage points better in both areas, but not by much. So I'm getting basically the same team getting points at home. That seems like the right side. But we've as we've talked about, like, I don't know about Jacksonville. Like, I can't figure out if, like, why the numbers love them so much, but they just can't seem to win. Now, there is a theory that one-score games are notoriously fickle, and Jacksonville has been absolutely atrocious in one-score games this year. Um they of their three wins two of them were by multiple scores of their one seven losses six of them have been by one score so there's a thought that one score games will flip um kind of i believe it's the raiders from last year the raiders made the playoffs last year because they were good in one score games and now they're three and seven because they're that has basically regressed to the mean and they're losing one score games um that's kind of where Jacksonville is. Like, look at their losses, eight points, seven points, seven points, six points, four points. And then they lost by 10 to Kansas City last week. So I don't know. It, it's I, I struggle with – like, this is just such a hard team to handicap, to I, – I don't know. I literally, like, I'm rarely am I confounded. I am confounded by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't understand this team at all. Right. I, I, I do think Baltimore's record is actually better than their like underlining stats and their EPA. Um I think I'm 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 buying stock in their defense. Love John Harbaugh. I guess Lamar Jackson's whatever stomach bug or injuries, whatever he's got going on, that that's concerning. That is. Um He gets he gets sick a lot. 
Yeah. It's, it's an it's an odd thing. Like you don't see it that often, but Lamar Jackson misses gonna, a lot of a lot of practices being sick. My hunch is that he has a basketball player diet. Like people like Derrick Rose, Lamar Lamar Odom, like they let me eat like an absurd amount of gummy bears. I, I think he might be like kind of on that wavelength. I I know that's ridiculous, but like, no, I, I'm with you. I, I like it. I, Derek Rose, I think he missed an entire game in college because he ate too many gummy bears. <laughs> it, it, it sounds stupid, but that's the theory that I have. And but yeah, Baltimore they were they 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 beat the Jets by double digits week one. As you remember, they were up by what three touchdowns against the Dolphins week two. Won by double digits against the Patriots. Kind of a fluky double-digit win, but still. Uh, they were up double digits against the Bills. Like They've been up by 10-plus points in a lot of these games. So I do think they're kind of leaving some meat on the bone. Um, but the, the it being a square pick, according to the market, is one of the reasons why it's my last one in. Um, and, you know, again, I do have my own little EPA success rate sheet and yeah it confirms what you're saying like jacksonville and baltimore are pretty much the same team when you look at the underlining metrics um i just think like baltimore's edge and special teams special teams coach and quarterback puts it over the edge here so that's where i'm at fade or follow me whatever i don't i don't hate it i just i I, because i just don't know what to do with jacksonville and I don't know what to do with this Lamar Jackson news either. So, how do you feel about that point? I thought this was sharp. How do you feel about that point where it's like Baltimore's minus thirteen last week and Carolina another minus four in Jacksonville? Like, you really think there's nine points of separation between the Panthers and 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 the Jaguars? Well, it's interesting because we've been talking all season about how these Jags lines have seemed off, right? Like they're playing better teams and the we've, lines are weird. We've profited off of it. We have, and this is the first time where I've looked at it and went like, well, EPA says they're about the same, which means if, which means this should be basically a pick them. Maybe you get, but like giving Baltimore a four point edge on the road, like you said, it's a low home field advantage, but they're giving Baltimore a six point edge approximately, even though the metrics kind of argue that these teams are the same. So it's the first time that. Vegas has kind of gone against those numbers that we've been profiting off of. And I don't know. Did that create value on Jacksonville? I don't know. I, I mean, not even tapping out. I guess we'll see. I, I mean, I got, I locked my bet in and I'm more or less as willing to kind of lose if it's wrong. I don't, I don't know. I feel, I feel I mean, you strong gotta be willing it. to lose. If it, you gotta be willing to lose if it's wrong. Yeah. Like I under, like, that's my thing is I understand why the line is cheap. Right. And I understand why the Jaguars are the sharp side, but me and you have talked about this in recent weeks. Like you just said, where it's just like Jacksonville is a fake sharp. Like they've, they've been sharp a lot, and they're three and seven against the spread. Right, so. right, and it's as simple as well. They cover when they win, and they get, they don't when they lose. It's it's that it's that easy. And I, I mean, given uh, Baltimore's and, track and record, they, and they lose a lot of games by a touchdown, and you're laying less than a touchdown. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. This is a pretty short podcast for us, but I'm pretty happy with all of our picks. Uh, follow actually in Jacksonville seven losses they if the spread was four in all of Jacksonville's losses they'd be oh six and one against the spread right what's the one that they would have lost by chopped four to Denver 
Right, 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 right. I was on the wrong side of that one. That was the teen. That was a teen crumpets game. God damn it, that pissed me off. Jacksonville's favorite in that game, actually. I remember <laughs> Trevor you Lawrence. Do not, bet threw Jack- them. do not bet Jacksonville when they're a favorite. That I have learned that. Remember, we were kind of sweating that one together. I don't. I think you were just more following along with me. But remember, oh, that was the London game, right? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence kind of threw them out of that game in the second half. I really like. Baltimore's defense. They the Roquan Smith. He's not graded well on PFF right now, but that's because he played for a shitty Chicago defense. I think he's going to be awesome, especially how they're going to use him and all the talent they have on all those the three levels in Baltimore's defense. That's like I'm kind of bold, like Baltimore is my team down the stretch here, like in the sense that I think like I'm going to take them anytime they're getting points. If they're getting points in a playoff game, I'm going to take them plus the points. Honestly, um. All right. Well, so good just stuff. to, I, I just want to put a button on this because I think I looked it up because I think it's funny. I said like don't, and not that it even applies this week, but I said like oh don't take Jacksonville as a favorite, and I kind of like jokingly said that I didn't have the numbers in front of me. Jacksonville's lost seven in a row against the spread and straight up in which they were favored. Obviously they they lost straight up if they also lost against the spread, uh, and twelve of their last fourteen, two and twelve, they are when they're favored. Right. That's wild. They just, that's, I don't, I don't get it. Like the market consistently loses money on the Jaguars and they consistently are the sharp side. It's kind of like the Browns a couple years ago where sharps just kept betting them. And I think they were one in 15, like the sharps <laughs> kept betting them. And it was just like, no, you guys are overthinking it. They suck. They're not very good. And that's that. Yeah. I don't, I uh, don't, like they beat the I mean, Chargers, Herbert had broken ribs. Like, all right, whatever. Like, I, I forget the the first game that they 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 won. Jacksonville, ready for this? Just not even as a favorite, as an underdog. Just in their last eighteen games, Jacksonville is four and fourteen against the spread. Yeah, it's in always, their last eighteen, it's always too many points. It's always it's always too many points for this Jacksonville team. Like, ah, maybe not. Maybe, and that's kind of how I felt. I was like minus four. It's like the sharp side is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, yeah, they've been the sharp sharp side for two years now. Eh, they suck. They suck. So, all right. Well, where can people follow you again? I, I know, but why don't you remind them? Outkick Dan Z. Uh, you can also go to foxnews.com sometimes, and I'll be there and riling people up. Yeah, you go to Fox News for Dan's soccer coverage. Uh, <laughs> and follow me on Twitter at... at Jeffrey underscore Clark follow uh, outkick bets, of course, on Twitter and subscribe, like and review wherever you get these uh, podcasts helps us grow in the charts and rise against or rise over the other sports betting podcasts till next time. Peace.